Hello and welcome to the very 163rd episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down board game podcast, the podcast all about board games, the people who love them, and board games. This is a special episode specifically engineered to tell you what to buy for people that you like or love over this coming up Christmas festive period. We have the entire of the editorial team here to tell you about three, maybe four, maybe four, I don't know, games that they recommend and think you've got to think about buying for someone. And I'm going to introduce these people one at a time. Because we're going to jump into the Christmas games straight away, we're not going to do any nice chat, but we're going to come back to nice chat at the end of the podcast for anyone who wants it and who wants to stick around. So, Ava Foxfort, can you describe to me, in one word, how your overall week has been? Cozy. Cozy. That sounds like a good one. And Thomas Brewster, how's your week been going? In only one word, please, sir. Pleasant. Pleasant. Quinton Smith, one word, your week. Alone. Alone. <laughs> Fabulous. I'm Matt Lees, and my week has been leaky. So we decided as a group that we were going to all bring like a sort of show and tell a few games to this uh, to this Xmas feature. Now, I don't know about you lot, but when I was asked what games should you buy or bring for Xmas, uh, I thought, sort of, what's a safe pair of hands? That's, that's immediately where my head went. What are games that people, try as they might, will really struggle to dislike? So whether that's a gift that you're buying for someone or a game that you can bring to your family and say, we're all playing this, this one day a year, we're playing a gosh darn board game. Uh, my, the games on my list fit into both of those categories. So I'm going to start us off with a little game that we've covered very little on shutupandsitdown.com. It's Confident, colon, the Guess Arrange Party Game. And that's a colon that is a grammatical symbol. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, uh, at, Confident, not, colon, the yeah, party no. game. <laughs> How confident is your colon? You'll find out potentially while playing this. So very simply, this is a trivia game that is very simple and I think really, really strong. So this is a trivia game where everyone plays always at the same time and every the answer to every question is a number. For example, how many times does Arnold Schwarzenegger say the word Terminator in the movie The Terminator? Um, but people don't four. write down an... Uh, four, Zero. Ooh, okay. Uh, that's... Okay. Ooh, that could be true, actually, Matt. One. Okay. Well, you have all failed at how to play confident <laughs> because the way you play it is not writing down a single number, but writing down a range. So you might say somewhere between one and three... And then the winner is the person who had the smallest range while the number is contained within it. Um, It's very simple. It's very tricky. And simply, it just asks you how confident you really, really are about anything you know. We had an absolutely hysterical time playing this um, when we tried it. Uh, I think... I'm still laughing about a question that was how many bones are in a whale and the just shocking variety of uh, answers that people <laughs> was gave Was it like that. in a whale's fin? Like it was specific. It was like, because, and then I think the, the numbers range from like 6,000 to like three. Three. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turned out, we all found out that day how little we know about whales. Uh, so that's Confident, the Guess Arrange Party game. And uh, yeah, you can get this in UK and US editions because trivia games are way better when they're localized. It also comes in big box editions and small editions and it's self-published by Confident games, so you might have to do a little Googling to find where you can buy it online. And I was just doing some research about this earlier today, and I think they've actually just brought out a, a newer edition of this in a nicer looking box, I have to say, and not long ago, like just in the last month. Also, in terms of localization, this is made by someone who's from Wales, that other part of Great Britain that people sometimes outside of Great Britain forget exists. And it means that not only is there a Welsh localised version of this game, there's in fact a trailer for this game describing it all completely in Welsh. And if you wow. want to see that, you can go to shutupandsitdown.com to our kind of partner 
web page posts for this whole podcast where you can find links to all of the games we're talking about, video reviews when they're relevant, links to other podcasts when we've gone into more detail, but also a direct link to the Welsh video in question. It's a beautiful language. <laughs> I thought I was Welsh until I was 27. What? what? <laughs> that, must been, that must have been a day. <laughs> it was an odd you know, day. Like, let's let's not let's focus. We got we got to push through the, all these games. Ava, would you like to not talk about how you discovered you were not Welsh? Rather, a board game. Um, I would love to. I think I've approached this in a similar style to Quinn's. Like, what I want here is uh, Quinn said before the podcast: a safe pair of hands, something you can put in front of just about anybody and know you are going to get a game out of it, and it's going to be interesting for someone who likes a game who, properly and interesting or satisfying enough for people who don't really like games because that's kind of what Christmas is all about doing things you don't like so <laughs> I'm going to suggest that we add into this uh, bears so Barden Park uh, or Bear Park uh, as that means in French is a game by Phil Walker-Harding. It's in the wonderful genre of little weird polyominoes, uh, which are little tiles in weird shapes like Tetris pieces, uh, and putting them onto a board and covering it up. And it is a game that you can teach all of the rules in about, like, three minutes and only have to answer about the three questions ten times during the game if you're playing with people who've never heard it before um which is quite a good ratio in my opinion with complete <laughs> uh open arts um and it is satisfying it is just satisfying it's got lots of little touches that make it like significantly more like this is a smug uh, thing than i wanted you're putting pieces on and covering things up and when you cover them up you get bonuses so there's room for efficiency and then there's a space that you can't fit in and you have to lower a tiny golden bear statue into it which is one of the most satisfying things in board games <laughs> And uh, yeah, apart from the fact that it's basically got like a big soup of numbers at the end and everyone gets bored because they have to count. Uh, but at least once uh, we got to the end of the game and everyone was so happy about the fact that every one of us had completely completed our parks that we didn't count the scores and we just moved all of our parks together in a, in a new giant Tetris thing what? to create the world's biggest bear park. That's too um, many bears. That's dangerous. That Have you not so seen Jurassic Park? Bears. Think about it. So many bears. I like to say to people, because I'm a vegan, I like to say to people that it's not a park for... It's a park for bears, not a park for humans where they look at bears. So it's like you're, mm. there's, little, there's little enclosures for humans to wander around in, like a little food court or a toilet, and then a load of places for bears to come and look at them. Um, <laughs> Can we yeah. mention here that the expansion for Baron Park has one of the coolest additional features ever, which is a three-dimensional monorail that runs yeah. over your park. I haven't played that, but I'm still thinking about it. It's very neat, although I would say if you do go for the double and choose to pick up Baron Park and the expansion, which is a pretty cool move, and the video review we have on the website, you can check again via the post that's going to be connected to this podcast um has me covering both of those but it's still very hard to get all of it into one box people say you can do it but i think it requires a level of patience that i simply do not have but yeah if you if you like the idea of making a nice park for bears with tetrominoes then Baron Park, fabulous. Anything else to say on this, Ava? Just that my strategy for fitting it into one box is basically deciding that you can't get the monorails in, but you can leave the monorails in the expansion and everything else from the expansion into the box. Whoa, hang on. 
But that's not putting. That's that's putting it on your box. That's giving up. You've you've just uniformly annoyed all of us. (sighs) That's like saying my solution to this this problem is is to give up. No, the solution to the problem is to decide whether you're going to be playing the base game and maybe want the gorillas or whatever they are. They're not gorillas. No, not what? Bear. The bad news bears. Wow. That is a good plot twist, though, that the, the, the bad news bears are actually gorillas wearing bear costumes. Hey, hey, the, ga- the manual already apologises for the fact that, like, one of the bears in the, in the pack is not actually a bear. Like, they, they, they've already broken out of that. And monorails aren't I mean- bears either. So, like, whatever. No. But I do like the idea of the bears being like, these new bears seem like bad news, like panda gorillas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's understandable. Next up on our roulette of Christmas fun, uh, Tom, what are you, what's your first recommendation for the Xmas crowd? Well, compared to Quinns and Ava, whose selections were sort of games that you can give to anyone, very approachable, very, you know, safe pairs of hands, I've picked games that are just not... Uh, And my sort of attitude towards this list has just been picking things that I like. And the first thing that I like is a game that I know that Matt quite likes as well. And it's called Decrypto. Uh, Oh, indeed. Decrypto is a wonderful code cracking word game. And maybe the reason that I actually wanted to put it on this list is because I played this uh, the other night and I opened up my copy of Decrypto and I was shocked to find that I have two sheets left in the box out of this big stack of writing sheets i have two left that's absurd everyone knows that you never run out of those so i have literally played this game to death and back it takes large groups it's perfectly gift sized and i've played it to death um that is a tremendous amount of games with decrypto like i mean maybe the pad is doesn't how many are you sure you haven't been using them Matt, in, instead of toilet paper or something? Think about the fact that when you play, if you play like a seven or eight player game into crypto, that's eight pieces of paper. That's no. A, a it's months. only ever it's two pieces teams. of paper per game. No, everyone needs to take notes. No. What? No, no, you, do, you have one piece of paper game. in the middle. It's just a team game. You play game. a different game to this oh. game. To be fair, you didn't review this. You've only, you may have only played it like once. No, you've played it a couple of times. I've played it several times. Settle down, Ray. Oh no. <laughs> Um, Can we mention, so, so long as I, sorry, I realised that at no point in the intro did we mention, this This might seem like a really like schizophrenic and all over the place list of games. The reason why is that all of the games in this podcast, as far as we can tell, are mostly in stock still yes. in Europe and America, which is why this is a slightly unusual list of games. But more importantly, it's games you can actually get. So, yes, yes. Although caveat being that there's a possibility that some of them will sell out quickly because that's the nature of the internet. Um, Decrypto, I think, is a great selection, Tom. I think it is. It's one of those games that really walks the line, but I did play this with my in-laws and family a few years ago, and halfway through the game, I was really starting to get worried because people were like, "Mm, I'm not sure about this, and then it bit them, and Mm. they loved it. So I I think it's it's one of those ones that you've got to work a little bit for a Christmas game. You've got to let people give you a bit of that faith, but if they ride it out, it's a cracker. A I brilliant the, gift. The, Beautiful the, box. The secret to getting Decrypto to a table and for people enjoying it is sort of rehearsing a teach. Because one of the things that's strange about Decrypto is that it's a word game that's very similar in nature to things like code names. You know, you've got teams, you've got a clue giver each round who's going to make you guess some words. But it's just different enough in what your actual goal is that it will confuse people instantly. So as long as you know how to package what the game is you'll be fine. And it's great. And that is expected advice from a chap who often rehearses his teachers. I reckon one day you'll win an Emmy for your script for (laughs) one of the teachers that you're giving for a game. Um, I'm going to jump in. And again, I've gone with a pretty similar remit. 
as you may not be surprised to hear, Shut Up and Sit Down is, is largely a collection of people who are binded together by having similar feelings about the hobby um, and human beings. So my games really are about having stuff that is going to be not always necessarily surefire hits, but just immediately fun, interesting things that you're going to be able to get to a table and level the playing field a bit. Games that are maybe a little bit more luck-based initially in terms of what they appear to be like so that you can have that moment where, you know, dad gets absolutely ruined by grandma, um, etc. <laughs> so the first game here I'm going to jump into is... A cracker that is basically just being made available again. It's Galaxy Trucker. Mm. Now, Galaxy Trucker has been out of print for ages. And it was in a big box. And it was kind of delightfully dated in its design. It's been given a lick of colour, a smaller box, and a re-release, which is basically hitting shops around now-ish. And it is a game of rapidly trying to assemble a spaceship as quickly as you can using a collection of shared tiles in the middle of the table which are all face down and so you have to just pick them up look at them see if you want it or not and if you don't want it put it back if you do want it you have to put it somewhere on your little board which is where you're going to assemble your spaceship but as soon as you've placed anything on your board it is locked into place it is done oh well and the genius of it is that actually the rules for how you're allowed to connect your spaceship together are kind of Byzantine and horrible, and <laughs> it's very easy to just rapidly chuck together something and feel quite pleased about it and quite proud of what you've built before looking down and realising that you've effectively just sellotaped a horse to a rocket and you're almost definitely going to die in space. Um, it is basically... a. a Again, a little bit of a tricky one initially because there are some rules to go through and it's not just to kind of sit down and go, but it is such a delightful, energetic hubris generator that I think um, as a gift, it's something that's easy enough that people want to get it out again and again. And as a game to play with family over Christmas, it's just, it's up there with the best of them in just the pure chaos and misfortune that unfolds and a key part of that really is that it is misfortune you can build an absolutely terrible spaceship and be absolutely fine and just just <laughs> dodge every <laughs> dodge every meteorite avoid every dangerous encounter with pirates and then someone else can have this beautiful glistening incredible dream ship and just be so unlucky that it falls apart uh, like a wet paper bag in a bath you can see that happen in real time over on the YouTube channel I think there's an uploaded yes. stream of me and Matt playing Galaxy Trucker where I don't think you remembered many of the rules when we were playing and glued no. together a monster of a ship whereas my yes. sleek efficient craft launched out of the out of the bay <laughs> and then just crashed into every meteorite in front of it until it was there was nothing left yeah, I basically made a snake ship where all it took was one part of it to get hit and the entire thing would just collapse because it, was, it wasn't it was a ship, it was a piece of string made of metal. Um, but yeah, Galaxy Trucker. It's not been available for such a long time. It's a classic. It's available. That's my first recommendation. And then we cycle back to the beginning of this roulade uh, with Quinns. What's your next recommendation? Uh, my next recommendation, it's, it's old Quinn's old safe pair of hands again, uh, and I'm suggesting a card game. Uh, the first card game on this list, what's Christmas without card games? That's no kind of Christmas I want to be part of. Mum, I'm not coming home! Uh, so, the card game I'm recommending is For Sale. 
Um, and kind of the, the new sequel, which has a little expansion baked into it called For Sale Autorama. Um, this is just one of, maybe one of the greatest card games ever made. Who knows? In For Sale, all the players are first bidding in a kind of open auction for these houses, or if you're playing For Sale Autorama, cars that come up. And so you're saying, mm, oh, that's a very good house. I'll bid a little more. And then you work through the whole deck. So at the end of the game, everyone's got a sort of a, a portfolio, if you will, of, of houses or cars to sell. And then you have to sell them in a kind of, it's like a part two of the game. It's like a finale as well, where uh, sort of customers will walk through the door with different amounts of money. And then people will bid again using the properties or cars they've got to try and to, to sell these things to customers who have different budgets. So basically, if I'm boiling it down and the game doesn't deserve this at all, but if I'm boiling it down, you're doing an auction for a secondary currency that you're using to try and win another auction. Uh, that makes it sound horrific and boring. It's not. It's a game of very simple rules. It's funny. It's exquisitely painful when you don't mm -hmm. quite have what you need. Um, but I would, I would hazard teaching for sale to basically anybody, no matter their experience with games. But also, it's a game that I would never turn down a game of. I know other people on this podcast really like the card game No Thanks. I say No Thanks to No Thanks Ooh. for Sale ah. is my card game. That's I can see Ava shaking her head. I, I, yeah, I say thanks for No Thanks. It nearly made my list today, but it didn't quite, because I kind of assumed someone else was going to pick it. But like, yeah. Right. But I've not tried for sale, so can we try it soon? Well, I think No Thanks is a much more traditional card game. Yeah. I think the thing that brings for sale to life is the the silly theming of the mm. fact that these cards mm. from 1 to 30 go from being like, you've just bought a sewer, to you just bought like a space station. <laughs> and that just adds so much life and colour into um, into people's terrible decisions. Yeah. No Thanks does have no no theme apart from uh, like apologising, I guess. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, so For Sale Autorama is a game that I've not tried, but I'm very curious about. It's an, you know how I would describe you, you're doing an auction for things that, that you, you then sell in another auction? For Sale Autorama adds a third step, so the game starts with an auction for player powers before you go into the auction that is goes into the third auction. Sounds insane. I'd desperately wow. like to try it. Uh, Ava, what is your second safe game? I feel a kinship with you, Ava, because we're both we're making things nice and safe. I, yeah. Whereas Tom and Matt are just, it's chaos. Well, it's last time we did a Christmas gift guide, I felt like I was the only, everyone else, it really felt like you were saying, like, what do you get for the gamer in your life? And like, I mm. my focus was like, what do you get for anybody in your life or something that you'll mm. be able to get because there is that thing of like you get a game for christmas you want to be able to play it right away and if it's twilight imperium you're going to have a really awkward after dinner um session right okay yeah absolutely <laughs> so let's not try and do that let's instead go for a safe pair of hands and also you just picked a card game because you've got to have a card game so i picked a dice game because you've got to have a dice game because it's just one of Keep the it rolling. loveliest feelings in board games is passing around a set of dice and rolling them and having everybody on the table looking at those dice and caring about them mm -hmm. right Right, that's like the heart of a lot of board games. So Lost Cities Roll and Write by Rainer Knizia is uh, my next recommend. Um, and I think it's... I'm kind of surprised that I ended up thinking picking this. Because I'm like, surprised you ended up picking this because on the podcast, you didn't sound totally sold on. I know, I know. <laughs> and like, I, 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 the more I play it, the more I'm like, this is so elegant and so simple fun like i think this is a game that properly genuinely utterly revels in that thing of dice 
just dice being a thing that is satisfying to look at and care about. Um, so it's a game where you are going on expeditions, where you try to race up a little track, and it's just a little box-filling, roll-and-write thing where you put numbers into things, and each time you roll a dice, you roll four dice. They've got colours and symbols on and numbers on them. And if you you take a pair... So you roll a dice... You take a pair of them and everybody else gets to choose from the ones that you leave behind and can make their own pair out of them, but non-exclusively, so they get to pick something. And you then get to go up one of the tracks, like a little bar chart, and you put a number in it, and then you can only ever put that number or higher above it on that track. So you're trying to race up the top of these things. So it's a really simple race based on hubris and the fact that like you could refuse dice but only a limited number of times during the game and so you have to put things that you don't want to put in which means you make this horrible mess of stuff and then you again unfortunately add up a load of numbers at the end but the numbers are all written down <laughs> on a piece of paper and they it's just it's just lovely like I played I played this this was the first game that I got to play in a pub since the first lockdown and in a pub, on a lovely table, with a couple of people, passing dice and rolling them and laughing and screaming and kind of like cowering at the results and getting grumpy with each other was perfect gaming. And mm. yeah, I think it's an easy safe bet in a tiny box that's really well priced. Is there a better combination in the world than dice games and pubs? I, I don't know. I just don't know. Pubs and drinks. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's certainly more classic, but I, I personally would be fine if they replaced drinks in pubs with dice games. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a pint of D20s, please. <laughs> so my next game is going back on to the well-worn track of games that are friendly for families and you can just crack out instantly and no one has to bother learning too many rules. Uh, I've crumbled to the needs of the market. Uh, my next game... Oh, no, I had a job. I was going to go, so what's next? What next is next? Because well, my next that. game... Editing. Uh, what? What? You can, you're you, editing it, so you uh, can yeah, do that if you want. So, do you want me uh, to say what's next? No, uh, yeah, so if I, you say... Can I, can I put my vote in for preferring you explaining this joke to actually doing it? <laughs> you, like, so we just, this is the this is what people are listening to right now. It's the real real podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, that was that was the that was the joke, but then I feel like by sticking your oar in there, Quinns, you, really, uh, you really gummed up my... Uh, Squeeze my, me, Matt was the person who suggested... <laughs> I can't believe it. I thought you might be doing a bit, but I felt like it was slightly too fluffy for a podcast of this uh, velocity. So I (laughs) figured, nah, he's probably not doing a bit, but I got it wrong. I'm sorry. You wanted it to be sort of like a a hummingbird zipping through the air, and I've made it into a sort of a a you being catapulted uh, (laughs) over a castle wall. So what's next? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hold on. What's next? Wait, what? Oh, f***. What's next? Wow. It's called What Next? Sorry, one more, one more, uh, one more go, one more go. So Please what's put next? all of this in the other. <laughs> what next is next? This is a game from Big Potato Games, who have made a bunch of different boxes that vary pretty widely in quality. But typically, they make high player count party games that are silly, and they would do well with a family who have had some wine. But I want to talk about What Next, which isn't really a party game. What it is, is a choose-your-own-adventure dexterity game. 
Um, in the box, you have three different adventures. These are big decks of cards that will guide you and whoever else is playing one choice at a time through these different stories. And these stories are sort of like punctuated with dexterity challenges. So, for example, the first one is The Drums of Koala Cave. Uh, you've been stranded on a desert island and you need to escape with your colleagues who have gone missing. And you're going to pull cards from this deck, you're going to read the text, you're going to look at the artwork, and you're going to make decisions as to where you want to go and what you want to do. And sometimes you'll have to do challenges. Challenges like rummaging around in a bag for a very particular shape, but you can't look in the bag. Or flicking a disc up a test-your-strength-ometer. Or doing any number of these odd mini-games that are kind of seeded into this deck. Um, but... Uh, if you take on too many challenges, you'll create peril, which involves stacking these massive, chunky purple blocks to make this Jenga tower of evil that's going to lose you the game if it topples. Here's the thing. This is fast and it's silly and it's gorgeous. The production is fantastic. And I love how the game will sometimes switch to this night mode. So you'll be taking turns in the day and then occasionally you'll get to night mode where you flip over the deck and all the challenges are a bit more treacherous and a bit more tricky. And it changes the color palette and makes everything difficult. The thing that I like, though, is that the intention here is for you to go through the same scenario multiple times, but change your decisions until you find, like, the right path. So, for example, when I was playing it, it's like, oh, there's a koala that you can hit there to get a, a little bonus, and there's no risk involved, so we should do that every run. Or this time, we should maybe not scavenge the canoe at night because that created crabs <laughs> that gave us a little pinch. It's a really great family game, and it's a good gift, I think. Uh, the only downside is that there's a bit of repetition within two specific kinds of challenge that show up a lot. But I do think this isn't something you're going to play enough times to make it repetitive. You crack it open, you play it exact number of times you need to, and then you pass it on. Uh, it's a great, gorgeous family game you can teach it to literally anyone. No further questions, Your Honor. No, that was <laughs> next. That was what was next. What? But what next? what's was next? What was what next? Was. What? But what's next? What's next after what next? Uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen images and videos of this thing, and you're right, Tom. It is a, what a gorgeous, exciting production it is. It sounds like a choose your own adventure, basically. It is um, like a choose your own adventure book, but for for a table with things you stack up. Why not? <laughs> Go nuts! Go bananas! Um, I again, uh, based on the stock gods whims of what is available i'm going to recommend a game now that i have recommended so many times i know it's boring but it's also not boring it's also what i think is one of the best games ever lots of people would be aghast to hear that but i don't care it is quacks of quedlinburg it's just <laughs> such a cracker it's so good it's brilliant it's not fair you're making potions with your friends and it's not fair that's my entire pitch. Uh, effectively, <laughs> I'd say the only inkling of an issue I'd have of recommending this game is it's slightly too complicated for like it to get into straight away. This is a game where if you've played a couple of games before, no worries at all. But if you're playing it with people who really don't play games, the rules can be a little bit intimidating at first. Um, so it's not like a super, super intro one. But if you can get people into it, it is delightfully silly. A game of basically stocking up your personal bag with lots of ingredients you're going to chuck into a potion and then never bloody pulling out the thing you need to pull out to make your potion good and constantly pulling out things you don't want to pull out. Um, it's an absolute cracker. It won Spiel der Jahres a few years ago, which means stock is just sort of seemingly infinitely available and it means it's a great recommendation because hey you can almost always buy it um <laughs> it's also I, got know, this I thing of like it is one of the few games that are that are out there that is that level of complexity but you can absolutely teach it while you are playing it 
Like you can just yes. start people mm. and just say, just reach into the bag, take something out, and then we'll tell you how it works later on. And it doesn't matter if everyone craps out on the first first turn because uh, you can either restart or just just carry on with it. And yeah, there's a there's something in that. You know, for all of the like board game publishers right now that are trying to do things with holograms and digital tables and stuff, I do think my favorite technological advance in board games in the last five years is bags. <laughs> like games that are reaching into bags, taking things out of bags. Like, it, like they're, they're just really common and they're always really fun. I think bags are fabulous because they just do some really interesting things with perception. And the fact it's like, here's a bag, put some stuff into it. And the simple rule that makes quacks sing for me is that you're never allowed to look into your bag so (laughs) the only time you actually get a sense of what's in your bag is during a round when you're pulling things out and it means your sense of what you've actually put into this thing and your probabilities is always tremendously warped compared to the reality of what's actually in there Um, and really that is the game is wrestling your imagined sense of probabilities with the actual and trying to make judgment based decisions on that um, which is just a tremendous swamp of fuzziness to get through but as I say like I have found that when I try to play with people who really didn't play games I did have a bit of trouble at one point I'd rather you know in, in an instance that absolutely should have been like it would be a slap on the wrist from Quinn's fantastic video on how to teach games and how to play games and how to be a good you know a good host um, I've had my father-in-law saying this is quite complicated and I had to just pick up the box and say I think it is designed for, for children <laughs> it's like just say like 10 plus on here which was kind of like yeah come on Matt calm down stop it don't be mean Matt but at the same time it is designed for children um, wait Matt as the as the site's experts on, on quacks of Quedlinburg or if you prefer the site's very own quack what's yep. your take on the expansion there's the herb which is just about oh, to add that oh, in okay. actually I'm as, just, a, as an addendum I'm too Let's excited. Fresh. Too yeah, excited. well, you know, it's been a long time. I can't just keep going quacking on about quacks on its own. Um, you've got two expansions now. You've got the Herb Witches, which is a kind of mini expansion, and then you've got the Alchemists, which is a more substantial uh, expansion. So Herb Witches, I think, is kind of interesting. It's not really a full-blown thing. It basically adds some little powers you can use Uh, mid-game it doesn't really change the game dramatically for me it does add some interesting options but again it's not super integral and alchemists i've been playing and it's interesting but i don't know if it really improves the game i would say don't worry about it i'd say just get the base game i want Mm. to play alchemists more to toy with it more because it does do some interesting stuff and it does add a bit more what does it do well it adds these separate sheets which allow you to effectively um Uh, run up this different track each time in terms of how many different types of ingredients you place in the bowl which means that if you've got like a a variety of different colors in your bowl like Mm -hmm. if you actually rather than just going big and buying all of the yellow mandrake roots or whatever if you've got a a healthy spread of different things it allows you to bump up this different track that gets you different powers but then there's all these different cards that allow you to do different things Mm. uh, based on what you choose at the start of the game it adds I don't know, it's funny, right? By doing that, by having it like, hey, don't just min-max and get all one thing, it seems like it's trying to kind of round out the game a little more and and give you some options to make it a bit less, um, I don't know, wild and angled. But Mm. in a way, I think just just adds a level of, uh, of extra detail to it that I don't know if the game needs. And I think sometimes it's better just existing in this realm of, of silly luck yeah but, i think it's definitely yeah. would be too much to teach people first time as well i think the yeah if you're especially for teaching it to family i think the alchemist expansion gave us some weird questions when we played it yeah, the yeah, first yeah. time 
uh, let alone your nine-year-old cousin. Yeah, and I think I, I want to dive into it more again around a table because I've really only tested it properly digitally, which is not really a good way of testing games <laughs> we've found over the last two years. But um, yeah, I think initially, don't worry about it. If you've played it tons and you're really wanting some extra freshness, then I think that the second a proper expansion of the alchemist is a good way to go but largely speaking for gifts keep it simple mm. and uh, i've i've overdone my time slot on this so i'm gonna quack off and pass over to <laughs> uh quins again with our next rude. game i'm very excited for my final recommendation because i think it straddles the crevasse between accessible and <laughs> super fun family podcast I'm, I'm straddling matt i'm straddling so wide so i'm gonna talk about kind of cheating here a couple of games from maybe the greatest board game designer of all time uh, dr reinach nitzia um so i wanted to suggest my city which i reviewed last year and is <clears throat> a legacy game meaning you uh, as you play it changes but also it's kind of like a a tetromino polymino laying game so it's kind of like baron park so i'd be treading on ava's toes um but also stock isn't great so instead i've gone for another phenomenal ranagnitia game the quest for el dorado which is a few years now but this also kind of counts as a recommendation for its sequel game um the quest for el dorado colon the golden temples once again not a real organic colon, but a grammatical symbol. Um, and if you own both, if you own the Quest for El Dorado and the Quest for El Dorado colon, the Golden Temples, you can combine them and play a really big game um, with still only one colon. I call my colon El Dorado. <laughs> is that because it leads same. somewhere very magical? Is the, no. uh, so, same um, game, but only one colon. <laughs> right. Listen, I think there aren't enough race board games. I think that racing is something that is so core to the history. Why are you laughing, Tom? Why? I'm oh, glad right. you oh. clarified oh, that. Oh, I I'm see. Okay, you. I was right. Like, you're, th- you're talking about... Where's this going? Human, uh, about... I'm not even going to dignify that no. giggle with a... I'm, I'm, I'm talking about races where people are trying to get to a finish line first. It's like core to what board games are. It's core to so much of the history of board games and there aren't enough games where you have a ruddy race so Quest for Eldorado is a game where you race through a jungle towards some kind of abstracted colonialist fantasy um, but you're doing it with a little deck of cards so as you're travelling you're thinking what cards do I need what am I going to buy what am I going to cut out of my deck and I think like so many of Rana Knizia's recent games it is just the perfect it perfectly placed between being simple enough that anyone can play it and complex enough that I would put it in front of people who have collections involving hundreds of board games I think Quest for El Dorado is terrific but if you do happen to find a copy of My City that is my secret fourth recommendation as ooh, well oh I'm just gonna ooh, I'm just gonna just gonna slide in here just for a quick moment and just say hey if you like the sound of Baron Park game about putting tiles down or My City game about putting tiles down and you like the sound of racing around a cool track what if you combined the two and played New York Zoo, a race game that is also a tile laying game. I, I, I rest my case, but I recommended it last year, so I can't do that again. <laughs> is it a race game now? Is, I don't know if it's a race game if you're not like physically not moving a around game. a racing thing. Like I don't. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say Cubitos, but like not really, oh, probably available. But it's a fantastic more I wanted to combine race game. the tiles and the and the zooming. But yeah, it's as much of a race game as like walking to the corner shop is a race. I mean, Cubitos is another shout that, like, if you like what Ava was saying earlier about dice games, and if you like what yeah. I was saying about racing your friends, then Cubitos does both of those things. It's also got a little bit of... Uh, well, Push you your luck. Cut, 
little bit of push your luck if you like pushing your luck if you like until you become unlucky definitely or more gamery game than you'd expect from looking at it though and again probably not very available at the moment so. i don't know what you expect looking at kibisa's cover it's a piece of cheese in swiss like like traditional clothing. it's got a giant cheese man <laughs> that's what i want for christmas <laughs> ava stop being silly what do you really want for christmas what is your third recommendation? my third recommendation is something i already have so i don't actually want it for christmas what i want is to kind of like vaguely follow up the game so clover that isn't maybe is out yet but I, anyway anyway let's not talk about that because actually i already wanted to sneak a digression into here to say that what i wanted to put here but wasn't in stock um and it's slightly odd because it's a game that we've uh, worked with on an expansion uh but monstrosity is absolutely the thing that you should be betting if you can if you're hearing this in the future and it's come back into stock like i would replace this entire christmas list with if you want to play a game with your family play monstrosity and that's not because we're involved in it that's because i think it is the most accessible game that i have ever played Ava, do you want to... This is going to sound like I'm being tedious, but I'm not. Do you want to spell monstrosity for Monstrosity is... I I, uh, will say uh, I absolutely loathe this name. Uh, (laughs) If that's all right to say about uh, the people we've worked with. Um, It is M-O-N-S, Mons, like the beginning of Monster. D-R-A-W, like drawing with some drawers. Um... uh, S-I-T-Y. <laughs> she got in there, in there at the end. Also, there were some very good hand gestures, which yeah. the people at home are definitely missing out on. Yeah, no, I'm doing this every podcast, but we don't, don't normally actually put video on for it. So, like, this is the exciting thing of everyone seeing just how ridiculous, like, how I engineer being enthusiastic about things. Um, <laughs> it's how you It's how you also, like, you get the words out. You have to wrestle them, I find. Mm. I'm similar, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm quite glad that people didn't see me just like grabbing my cheeks to kind of force a vomit of words out of my mind. So what I'm actually recommending... Well, now they will. <laughs> now they mentally will. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> I have got some words to vomit on you which are about a game that is actually available right now. And that is Just One by Ludovic Rowdy and Bruno Sauter. And I've got this in here because... So one of the things that I found out about my family over this lockdown... I mean, there's a lot of things and a lot of them aren't. we're not going to go into. But one of them <laughs> is that we all really love uh, Richard Osman's House of Games. And that kind of like quiz show vibe where everyone gets to sit around and like watching a thing and... Being a, trying to be a little bit clever and helping each other out. And Just One is basically like a round from that particularly very British quiz show that makes no sense to anyone in our audience in America. Sorry about that. Um, just One is a game where of words where you are cooperatively going around a circle with one person being the guesser. They place a card in front of them so that they can't see it. Say a number so you know what word is coming out. And everyone is trying to help that person guess the word that they have picked from this card when they have no clues apart from what they put on the little wipey marker things in front of them. And you're allowed to put just one word... Uh, onto the thing it's called that it's quite it is quite nice that basically most of the time when people ask you a question in this game the answer is just one Um, (laughs) how many cornettos can I have just one (laughs) Um, yeah so um, they all, everybody writes a thing secretly and then shows it to each other while the person guessing still has their eyes closed and can't see what everyone's doing Um, 
then anybody who has repeated a clue that someone else has put, you wipe it off, a la scattergrees and things like that. Simple family games. But Ava, then how do I know what to write? If I write something obvious, other people will might have written down the well, same thing. Well, that's the decision you've got to make. Do you want to give an obvious oh. answer? That I've put maybe because everyone is often trying to not be obvious, and that means you can be obvious. But if two people have that same thought process, you're basically playing like a weird. Uh, Princess Bride style mind game with each other constantly just for the sake of writing a clue and then you're trying to come up with an elaborate clue and, and you're rejecting things that would be really easy answers and you you just write a thing down and then you end up having like no words to guess from or too many words to guess from but they're all so convoluted or all of them make sense apart from one because someone doesn't know that I was talking about Max Shrek, the uh, who played a vampire in an old film, when they thought I meant Shrek <laughs> Shrek from <laughs> You Can Be Too Obtuse, especially if you're me. Um, and it's just, just one is a game that you will be able to put in front of everybody um, and people will get it pretty quickly and people will sit around and have a cosy time. You can play it in a living room. You don't need a table. You gather mm. around a fire or some snacks and people put in as much effort and they want and as much cleverness that they want. And it's, it's nice. Uh, my- That's, you know, that is a big factor we haven't brought up much, actually, is, is you know, can you do you have to sit at the table to play these? Yeah. And a lot of them we have covered. The answer is, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's a worth a quick a quick run through, actually, uh, for the games we've mentioned that you can. Because sometimes families, you don't they don't want to go back to the table. They've done they've done sitting at the table for a meal and they're like, no, we're on the sofas now. And you cannot wrestle them back for you love could- nor money. If your if your family's on sofas, if they're slouched, if they're slumped, if they're flat on their back, they can play confident the guess arrange party game yep. because it uses dry erase. Crypto, and you can just about do with a coffee table. That works. Just, just. <laughs> um, other stuff. Uh, your your mileage may vary. Yeah, just, just one is fabulous. There's nothing more delightfully disappointing than when you all flip around as a team and realise that you've all written the same thing and you have to just. It's just the, so disappointing. The you story have to just erase the clues. The story I was going to tell about just one was when I was at a board game convention with Matt and, you know, we get very, very tired after several days of meeting fans, meeting friends. I mean, And I mean very tired. There's a group of people who Matt and I knew and they said, do you want to play a game? And Matt said, no. And I knew where he was at because he didn't want to play a game. But that game turned out to be just one. And then Matt with like two brain cells left and like no <laughs> smile sat at the table and then looked at me halfway through the game and went, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. after your family have eaten way too much food and have like extremely low blood sugar, just one is just about the only game I would say it can maybe carry to a conclusion. I don't know. Sometimes being terrifyingly obvious ends up being the best thing. Um, and sometimes it's the worst thing. Again, there's just a degree of chaos in there that you can't really avoid. Lovely stuff. And next, Tom. Bring us home with your trio of delights. What's your third recommendation for today? We have talked a lot about games that are good to play on Christmas or to give to people so they can have fun with the family and friends. But what about a game that's best on your own? 
That's right. My <laughs> final recommendation is the least Christmas. It's Super Skill Pinball. Ramp it up. So Super Skill Pinball is a fantastic little multiplayer solitaire pinball game, uh, but I would recommend it most to solo gamers. I have played this multiple times before bed, and it is a delightful high score chasing game set around a pinball table. Essentially, you have a pinball table in front of you on a little roll and write sheet, and each turn you'll roll dice to ping a ball up and down that table getting points and trying to reach a high score. But as the rounds progress, things get riskier as the number of eligible spaces you can hit with those rolls gets lower and lower and lower. I continually hear and repeat the idea that this game does like feel like pinball. And whilst it isn't an actual dexterity game, uh, the mechanics and theme interlock in such a lovely way that it immediately will get you excited about playing it. But that's all true of regular Super Skill Pinball. Let me tell you about Ramp It Up. Uh, this is the sort of standalone sequel to Super Skill Pinball. The original tables in that game were already solid. Ramp It Up gets a little wilder and a little weirder. Uh, the basic board, which is called Gopher Gold, is now a little bit more exciting. But the real treasures are the other three. There's a board that has you performing a high-stakes pinball heist, where you do preparation at the bottom, and then you launch your little pinball up to the back glass uh, to go and do some thievery. Uh, there's a board that's playable in teams called Pin Pals, where the bonuses you get confer onto your other teammate in a wrestling ring, and one of the characters is called <laughs> Abraslam Lincoln, which is fantastic. Oh, it's called Pin Pals because you pin other wrestlers? Yeah! And then you can get the back glass is called the cage, and when both of you are in the cage, you have like a cage rampage, and all your points are doubled. <laughs> it's bonkers. That's a good one to play with more than one person. And lastly, you have the speed board, which has a race theme where the slots for the dice go one two three four five six seven eight and nine but there's no nine on the dice it means you've got to crank up a speedometer to get those high scores but if you crash out it's disastrous uh it's a fantastic sequel to a fantastic game it's great for fans of rolling rights and it's very good for solo gamers like i say i've been playing it before bed and i've just been wired sat there crossing off those boxes oh boy what a board game. It does it does a marvelous job of, of embedding the spirit of pinball into a a non-pinball machine game <laughs> yeah. as well. So if you've got someone in your love life that loves pinball machines but maybe doesn't have a full-size pinball machine in their house or access to them frequently, it's a pretty pretty sweet little treat. It definitely it gets pinball in a way that few things do. Very cool. And uh, finally, my last recommendation for today is, and this is, I think, a fabulous gift. Not everyone's cup of tea is a game, but wow, what a fun little gift. The Fuzzies. Now, this is something I reviewed mm. um, earlier this year, I think, or maybe it was last year. Honestly, time has been pretty weird for the past couple of years, don't know if you've <laughs> noticed. But it is a delightful beaker full of strange fuzzy balls that effectively hold on to each other via magic. It doesn't really make any sense. They just stick to each other in a vertical manner, which honestly just... It's just witchcraft. This is a game designed by CMYK Games, previously known as Palm Courts, and they worked with Wolfgang Vash on this uh, on this game. The person who, again, made Quacks of Quedlinburg, amongst other games. I think he's a fabulous designer. Matt and, and Wolf- Wolfgang sitting in a tree. Hey, hey, I just E-N-J-O-Y-I-N-G. respect the design. F-U-Z-Z-I-E-S. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. Um... <laughs> Wolfgang, in fact, was the person who, who devised the fuzzies. He was the person who, who, who found this substance and thought, let's make a game with this. And, Where did he uh, find he it? Was right to, he was right to do so. Mars. 
Mm. I thought he, I thought he, he had an oppositor. Yeah, we've we've we're not going. We talked about that. this on a previous podcast. Yeah, we're not uh, thinking about Wolfgang what... laying those laying those fuzzies ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that. It's it's nope. like Prometheus, isn't it? Anyway, um. Oh <laughs> uh, no. So yeah, this is a game where basically all you're doing is you. you it's stored in a big plastic beaker. You just literally just remove the beaker and it's already on the plinth. The cards that you play with are stacked into the plinth with the little tweezers. It's just a delightfully condensed little thing that you just go slap, lift it off, pull the bits out, wham, the game's, you're going. You've that's, said, that's the setup. You just said three words that I don't think Shut Up and Sit Down has ever said before, which is beaker, plinth, and tweezers. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, it's the three things every great game needs. <laughs> um and effectively, the way it works is all you have to do is you just draw a card and it has a color of a fuzzy on it and you have to take a fuzzy from somewhere on the top and put it somewhere higher. So that's the only rule. You didn't have to, doesn't have to go on the top. You just have to take something off and then put it somewhere higher. And really, the game comes to life when you realize that actually the way it works is that you just keep doing this. But if at any point you knock some of them off, then you then have to take forfeit cards for your next turn. And then you have to do your next turn with some difficult forfeits, such as using your non-dominant hand, having one hand over your eye, which is more hellish than you'd imagine, and trying to do elephant arms, which is just awful as well. But it's a lovely mechanic of basically kind of when you mess up, you're not like out it just means that the chances of you being the person who's going to knock over the whole tower and end the game and lose are increased for the next turn. But if you can get through that next horrible turn, then you're back in the green. You know, you're back in the black. You're fine. You, you keep rolling. It's a really silly um, thing to get out at a table, and it's a delight. So even if it's just something you bring out after dinner to to have, have people look at and toy around with for twenty minutes, fabulous. But also, I think comes to life as a more strangely meditative two-player game um, on a quieter day afterwards. It's just a strange thing, and also like you know, I think Ava helped me with the editing for the video review I did, and there was a part in the B-roll where I was just sitting and playing on my own, which again I found deeply meditative. But I managed to balance one of the fuzzies on top of another one like just like have that. we have like, we mentioned that they're spheres yeah i've buried the fuzzy lead here they are just fuzzy little balls so i just managed to just balance a ball on top of another ball <laughs> like just vertically and that doesn't make sense right you, you can't do that you can't you can't place a ball on top of a ball and have it just sit there but you can if it's a magic ball um so yeah realizing that they just stick together like they're fuzzy right they just stick to each other they're made out of a substance that i would describe as like the world's worst velcro like the least (laughs) effective velcro ever conceived yeah that makes sense but it means that you can just gently brush them so that you can actually sometimes like you start to realize that oh i don't have to place this on top of the tower i can just gently brush it up against the side of the tower and it will stick to the side of it um, defying gravity. Fuzzies um, might be the only game that we've listed in this gift guide where you don't have to get your family to play it because if you just have like a sister no. or a cousin who's game, you sit down and start playing it with them and other people will be like, what, 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 are, you, what are you doing? And then they'll <laughs> yeah. come and play. I think it's delightful. It's a delightful gift because it's small and a lot of people I know, um, if you're buying games for someone and they're not maybe a huge gamer, uh, they get a bit reticent, especially if you live in the UK, about having big boxes and like, please don't buy me any big boxes. But if you get them something like this, it's so small that no one's going to be like, oh, where am I going to store this? Um, and it's just a delightful party trick to pull out. And there's more game there than you'd expect. It's mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting much. But when I started playing it, I was like, damn, this is 
there's something here, you know. There's something here. <laughs> um, it's cheap. It's very colourful. It doesn't seem to obey the laws of physics. That's the fuzzies. <laughs> and I'm going to add on a simple little addendum here from the same company that make this game, CMYK. Christmas, um, as we know, is a time for shilling. And so because of that, I'm going to mention the Monica's nonsense box, the Monica's serious nonsense box, which uh, was out of stock for a really long time, but is now back in stock. This is um, a full standalone expansion to Monica's that you can just buy and play it on, on your own without the base game. And um, we made it a few years ago, and I think it's some of the best work we've ever made. Um, it's it's really a box of playing a silly game. It's a very silly party game. That's something you can play around at coffee tables. Um, and actually, like, you know, if you want to find out about it, there's a, a no pun included review of it. And yeah, because, you know, we can't really talk about it because we made it, but they made a review of it and they thought it was great. But we tried to basically make a party game that allowed people to be really funny and to have fun and to, to be making jokes and stuff with their family, but without it being uh, kind of horrible and racist so uh yeah check it out uh it's really good and it's available monica's serious nonsense box go and have a look that's the end of the christmas shill (laughs) that was a good shill i like that one nice shill shill, go bells shill go bells jingle shills it worked so much better matt jingle shills yes do we have any final business in the christmas gift guide sphere business no just (laughs) excitement well, sort of the nervous excitement that comes from putting games in front of your family. Oh, I've just realised I need to actually bring games to entertain my nieces and nephews. That's 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 chilling. That's ah, oh, because I've got so many. Well, you just got a choose? great new list. Get the fuzzies; they'll I, love it. I tell them not get, to eat them. They would like the fuzzies, actually. Yeah, you the can have my cool. copy of what next, and then you'll be playing it, which is kind of like work and also fun. <laughs> You know what you should do with your nieces well, and nephew? You should make them work for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the spirit of Christmas. I'll just open a newspaper and have them play, then ask them what they think of what next. <laughs> That's free untapped opinions straight from the source. Are you sure we're going to apply a filter to their voices to make them sound like adults? And then we got a podcast, right? <laughs> Woof bang pow. It's I mean, a special guest podcast. I tell you what, if you're really fast, the thing I actually did buy for my nieces and nephews is I bought them uh, a shared copy of um, the Exit Advent Calendar that we did a whole podcast on a while back. Um, and when this podcast comes out, uh, or depending, I mean, even if you listen to it late and you just don't care about sticking to the hard and fast rules of Advent Calendars, um, the <laughs> Exit uh, Advent Calendar, uh, which is known as Escape from the Ice Cave, is a fantastic and weird and wonderful uh, box that says, hey, what if an Advent Calendar was also an escape room? And what if Quinn's and Ava really liked it and Tom was lukewarm on it? Then, <laughs> well, you know. and we have to say that I was lukewarm on it basically because I'm impatient and stupid. So Yeah, uh, those were the two caveats. Hey, me know. too. Me too. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm impatient and stupid and I like that. Oh, must be a different problem with you, yeah. Tom. Anyway, <laughs> so this is not going to be our last podcast of the year. We're going to have a couple more before we wrap it off. Um, but this is, you know, how everybody briefly, we said at the end, we give people a wrap on the, on the, the four words. 
so Quinn's, why are you so alone this week? Oh, no. Well, basically, uh, I my wife's gone back to America to visit her family, and that's chilling because I, I, and I was like, I'm, I'm sort of, this has left me in my flat feeling really uncomfortable. And I realized it's because I haven't been alone for like two and a bit years. Mm. So uh, you feel alone because you are alone. <laughs> yes, very much so. It's a very real sense of, of loneliness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Matt, you said you were leaky, not you. I'm you leaky. Said, <laughs> well, I mean, you said you said your week was leaky. I my don't week's mean been pry. pretty leaky. Yeah, no, it's been a it's been a leaky week. I'm not going to lie. I've I've kind of got some sort of been fighting off some sort of fluey coldy thing, and uh, I've also been uh, doing some minor plumbing and fixing some some <laughs> dripping pipes in my kitchen. So, so you've been dripping, and the pipes have been dripping. Yeah, so I've been basically lying on my back uh, <laughs> with with my face dripping, whilst also drips drip onto my face. It's pretty meta. Um, <laughs> although I would point out. Uh, because I feel like this is something, this is a connection that's never been made in the world of like different, uh, like when you get a JRPG and you have uh, someone train up in multiple classes and then you unlock a new class you can do, like, you know, and you're like, oh, fight a mage. Oh, now you can do a battle mage. Um, I'm not sure if there are any people in the world who are plumbers and also audio engineers, but it turns out that bass traps, being these gigantic triangular heavy foam things are the most amazing back support core support for when you have to lie on your back for long periods of time uh so yeah 40 quid if you're a plumber that's my christmas gift guide if, if, you're, if you're a plumber because my gosh otherwise i'd be in a lot of pain um so yeah it's been a leaky week tom you said you've been pleasant your week's been pleasant yes yeah, yeah, it's just been i mean by pleasant i sort of mean like empty it's a hot take uh oh, right. <laughs> perfectly serviceable uh, That's not. But the, hang on, hang on. You came to my house this week twice to play <clears> board <throat> games. We played Corrosion. We oh, played we Dino World. Okay, we left you feeling empty. Yeah, so. this is this is some BS. Okay, maybe maybe it's okay. Well, okay, f- fine. My life is full of laughter and love. That's, That's what my... we like to hear. <laughs> uh, Ava, you uh, said you were cosy. I, right? I have been cosy. I've kind of been having a week off, although I'm currently taking a, recording a podcast in the middle of said week off. Nice. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I had uh, a visitor, a partner of mine who is someone who I haven't been able to see for 21 months. Um, uh, I've had a couple of I did I was I don't know if anyone noticed that there was a weird pause as I tried to say cosy it was because I was trying to squeeze the word anxiety into the word cosy because there's been a couple of difficult things I've been dealing with not with my partner at all but um, elsewhere there was a couple of hard things I had to do but they're not very compatible words no 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 cosy anxiety anxiety I just think I don't think there's any way you can you can integrate anxiety into another word without anxiety taking over, which is actually wholly appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, but we've uh, spent a good week catching up on like proper rest and um, yeah, being very cozy, uh, finishing. Uh, the TV series The Americans uh, for my second time and their first time, uh, which I still think is like the best TV show that nobody seems to have watched. Um, and yeah, and that is not cosy in any way whatsoever. It's it's, it's very no, good. It's good though. I enjoy watching it. Although I did have a friend who said they thought it was better than The Sopranos, and I really have very strong feelings about <laughs> I that. Ha- I, have, um, I haven't. But seen it's the it's good. I haven't seen The Sopranos. Oh, well, you should probably watch The Sopranos before you watch The Americans again, Ava. It's a lot better. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Uh, whether, Shade whether, on The Americans. Well, no, it's not. It's just The Sopranos is probably one of the isn't best things ever made. But isn't Sopranos, like, kind of dated now? Like Because no. of, like, a lot of the... Okay. 
Wrong. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> we can come back to that another time if you want, but uh, no. Uh, so we hope you're all having a lovely time. We hope you have a lovely little holiday and I hope that some of these gifts you are able to get and bring you some joy. So whether you are cosy or pleasant or leaky or alone, um, uh, we hope that it can inject some joy into uh, the next couple of months. We'll be back again next week. Me and Quinn's going to be back to talk about some board games and then I'm going to be back with a live recording of a podcast from a location somewhere on the other side of the pond at PAX Unplugged America. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye. That's all four of us. There's so many buys. So many buys. Buying is a good thing to do on Christmas. (laughs) 